welcome to this new episode of Icebreaking the Podcast in which we explore the field of ice and we learn about education together. In the very first episode of this podcast in the introduction, I spoke about the field of international and comparative education and that in this field we look at certain factors influencing education. One of these factors is politics and our guest of today happens to be very involved in local politics but it's safe to say that he knows a lot about national politics and even international political factors that influence our educational systems. He is a true politician, uh, has an analyzing outlook and builds bridges, but he has also earned his credits in front of the classroom teaching as a preschool teacher. He has been researching Swedish education, curricula and reforms as a result of political choices and I am very excited to talk with him today about the obvious or not so obvious relationship between education and politics. So welcome Daniel. Thank you, it's nice to be here. I would actually like to start with some quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire eyes, I'm still trying. <laughs> no one gets it, but still. Um, to give the guests, or the listeners actually, to give the listeners some background information about you, mm-hmm. I would like to know the answer that first comes up in your mind. All right. So we're starting easy. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Sweden, uh, a small town in southern Sweden. Okay. And if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? I'm very happy about living in Stockholm, but maybe in Paris too, in the future. We'll see. Ah, in Paris. Yeah. I think I got that answer before. <laughs> uh, what's one thing about you that surprises people? Um, maybe that I'm so tall. Now that we've you know, seen each other in Zoom windows, uh, mm-hmm. most of the time people get surprised when they see me in real life. Yeah. Most of the people are also surprised that I'm so tiny as a Dutch person. <laughs> but you're the absolute opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's funny. Um, and if you could be someone else for one day, who would that be? I think it would be interesting to be um, a foreign minister okay. of some country uh, to see what that is like, because I imagine it's quite intense, uh, but also quite uh, giving, I guess. Uh, interesting job. Mm. But kind of hard to balance your own ideas and feelings and ideology and still be able to have like good communication with people who are very different to to, to you in other countries. That ah. would be that would be interesting. And a foreign minister of which country? Would you know that answer? No, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think any would be interesting, really. But not Sweden. Well, that's an option, of course. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and which book are you currently reading? I'm currently reading a book called, uh, what's it called? It's about, I don't remember what it's called. I can Google it later. You can Google it. Yeah, I can, I can put it Google in the description. <laughs> what is it about? What but is it's, it? it's about this, uh, this workplace uh, in Sweden, which is kind of kind of crazy. It's like this, this magazine uh, jo- journalist uh, workplace where they write on, on, a, on a magazine and everything is just crazy. It's like a comedy of, of an office environment that isn't really working at all. So okay. it's about this dude who comes there and he doesn't have, uh, he doesn't really get employed, but he's still there doing things and uh-huh. doing nothing for like half a year and then yeah things get crazy okay but it's fiction it's fiction it's ah, fiction. nice yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to forward the link yeah i will i will i'm sorry i don't remember the no title. no worries about it maybe that's something that people don't know about me that's i i'm not very good at titles of songs movies books 
uh, actors' names. No. I'm super bad at that. So if I sing any song to you, you wouldn't be able to, to name it. No, I would probably recognize it and, and could sing along, but I'm Oh, that seems like a fun experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. we have to do that off, off yeah, the okay. podcast. <laughs> okay. um, let's see. What inspires you? What inspires me? I think... Um, so when I... I uh, as you said before, I used to be uh, teaching mm-hmm. um, before jumping on this program. And what really inspires me is when kids or people in general, but, but kids in my, my case, uh, learn something and grasp something that they didn't uh, understand before. That's inspiring to me, to see how, how people can, can learn and feel proud about that, uh, that they have overcome something that was difficult before. Okay. That's inspiring. That's a beautiful answer. What was your best subject in school? Ooh, hard question. Um, I always liked uh, English and Swedish, uh, the language subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe those were the best subjects. Yeah. yeah. And what does education mean to you? Education means um, the the freedom of all people. Like so, if you have an education, you can. Uh, shape your life in a way you de- decide and, and choose uh, in a sense that you cannot if you don't have a good education. Okay. And that's why it's so important for me to, to make sure, uh, to, to be engaged in you know, uh, giving good quality education to, to all people. Yeah. Um, it's super important. And how do you do that? How are you engaged? Um, so I was engaged as a teacher mm-hmm. uh, in the very local practice, but also as a politician, you know. So when I go into meetings, political meetings, uh, I, that, that's what I keep in mind. What can I do to make things more equitable for those who need, uh, uh, who need it the most, you know, yeah. those who are furthest away from, from education. And also by doing this master's program that I'm in currently at Southern University, I hope to be able to work with these issues uh, in a national or international level uh, in the future. Yeah, interesting. And how, how did you get involved in politics? Um, so, it, it, it actually was when I was um, starting to get the, you know, to understand more about how society works when I was a teenager mm-hmm. that I didn't understood as a, as, a, as a child. So when I saw that, like learned from the news and from school and from other places, that there are a lot of people, uh, billions of people in the world who are really struggling in their day-to-day life. They don't have access to, to uh, medication, they don't have access to food in some situations, they don't have, you know, a good quality of life. And as I learned that this exists around the world, um, uh, at the same time as a few people have a lot of money. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how many people, but it's like less than 100 people have, have uh, equally much money as the poorest half of the world's population. Yeah. And that's crazy. So uh, then I thought, okay, so I want, I mean, I'm Swedish, you know, I'm born in Sweden, and Sweden is uh, one of the uh, richest countries on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, and, and you know, I have a, a good life, a yeah. very good life, compared yeah. to lots of people in the world. And I wouldn't feel good about myself if I didn't use my time on, on, on Earth 
to try to make it better for others as well. You know, mm-hmm. I can just go around and enjoy my my own personal life without all with good conscience, without also trying to make it better for others. Yeah. So then I turned to politics and tried to find um, a political party that that mostly. Uh, yeah, that, that I found to, to be most engaged in these equality issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's why I got involved. Yeah. And what is your role within the political party, if you can say something about that? And and uh, also your role in stimulating education that way? Mm, yeah, so um, it, it was actually a little bit bigger before I moved to Stockholm, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, education in Sweden... Um, is organized in a way that each municipality have quite a lot of um, uh, mandates on forming education. Of course, we have a national legislation, we have national curricula, yeah. but it's the municipalities that are responsible for for uh, for the education in that municipality and assuring that every child who are in that municipality gets access to, to good quality education. Yeah. So before I moved to Stockholm, uh, I I was a part of the board of education in my former city, mm-hmm. uh, Halmstad, which on the, which is on the west coast in Sweden. Uh, and there I I was involved in trying to make it better for for all kids, you know. And Halmstad, as well as other cities in Sweden, have quite large segregation. Yeah. Uh, so we have a housing segregation, which leads to a school segregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know students go to the schools that are closest to where they live yeah uh, and if we have school segregation then then all top performing students are in certain schools and low performing students are in other schools yeah which uh, increases the disparity in the results uh, of the of the children uh, uh, in general terms you know so when I was in that board of education I tried to uh, focus on okay what can we do to make it the the results better for these people who are you know in these schools that that only have low performing students yeah. or i shouldn't say low performing because that's not really uh true i mean it is true but what but why are they low performing yeah there's you a sh- reason behind that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so when you when you try to solve these issues you can think about trying to mix schools more so for example in in my former city, which was a, um, a a city who is expanding, it's a growing population, mm-hmm. and with a growing population, you have more children, and with more children, you need more schools. Yeah. So one solution to to trying to to make the the, the mix in schools a little bit better is to uh, when you build new schools, uh, uh, try to locate them in certain areas that makes them close to 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 areas in the city which have different uh, uh, population composition yeah. uh, and then say, okay, so you, sh- you should go to the closest school and this is the closest school okay, yeah. uh, to, to, to both these groups, uh, making it mixed, for example. And also about uh, reallocating resources. Mm-hmm. So if the, if, the, if the Board of Education has a certain amount of resources, then we can, we can say, oh, so uh, we can choose to allocate a certain amount of those resources based on uh, the students' parental uh, background, the uh, economies of the families, and other socioeconomic uh, background issues yeah. that has been proven in research to to uh, be strong indicators for the results. 
okay. uh, of students. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's some things that I used to do then. Um, but nowadays, I, I am not that much engaged because you know, in order to to get uh, the trust to be a politician, yeah, uh, you have to get to know people, uh, and people primarily have to get to know you yeah. in your own political party. Uh, and then uh, say that, oh, you're, you're a suitable person to be in this board of education, for example. Yeah. Uh, and that hasn't happened yet to me in, in Stockholm uh, in the same way um, as it, it was in Halmstad. You know, it, it takes time. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 It's interesting what you said about... Um, so let, let's start with the first option that you gave to, to increase kind of the um, like diversity in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about locating a school in an area that is like has mixed population. Here in Sweden, is it um, is it so that you have to go to the school that is closest to you, or does that also differ per municipality? You don't have to. Uh, in Sweden, we have a school choice, okay. so each each uh, parent, I mean each each family. Mm-hmm. Um, before this, uh, the, the kids start school and also when, when they change through stages. So uh, when, they, when they're going to start, for example, the, the sixth to yeah maybe ninth grade uh, and finish at the school which had the, the first to fifth grade, yeah. you need to you know, move to another school and you can, you can choose when you do that yeah. and also when you start school. So, so every Swedish parent and family are uh, allowed to you know submit a request uh, to choose a school, but if the school is already full, so for example, you know, on this, um, yeah, okay, maybe I should say this too that we have both municipal schools mm-hmm. and also privately run schools, yeah, which are they are financed by by taxpayer money though, but but they're still you know private and, and governed by someone else in the municipality. Mm-hmm. So if the if if a, if a family uh, lives close to a municipal school, they always, you know, they they, they have a, a reserved place at that school. Okay. Preferably, I mean, if if it's a very very huge, um, uh, sudden increase in the number of students, then maybe the municipal living in that that geographical area closest mm-hmm. to that school. Uh, then maybe the municipality needs to say, oh, we're very sorry, it's already full in this school, uh, we cannot fit more students in there, so temporarily you will need to be at this other school, which is also close, but not the closest. Okay. So that's some kind of option. Yeah. But but generally, you can request to also be at other municipal schools mm-hmm. if you want to, but if they're already full from the people who live in that geographical area around that school, then the municipal schools can say no. Okay. And with regards to the, the private schools, if they have, they can also determine if it's full or if it's not full. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, and, and that has actually, like recently there is a political discussion in Sweden about yeah. the system of queuing for schools yeah. or, or filing for a place at schools. Because some of the very popular privately run schools um, in order to be able to get a, 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 a place there, um, you, you would have to like put your kid in, in, in the line or in the queue for this school yeah. a few days after the kid has been born. 
it's insane. And that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, because then it's it's like okay, so if someone moves from another from one municipality to this, this then you cannot you can't start in that school. Yeah. Or uh, from another country. It's or just from really, yeah, yeah. Or, or from another country. Or or if you if you didn't you know think about that. Yeah, you, of I course. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> you you have other concerns when you have a newborn baby. At you would think than so. Than to think yeah. about the schools. Yeah. Most people, I, I assume, have other concerns. Yeah. That. So and if you didn't do it, then yeah, uh, bad luck. Yeah. So so that's a problem. But but no, you don't you don't have to go in the closest school. But usually, unless you uh, manage to find another school that has available places, I mean, most kids go in the closest schools to yeah. where they live. Okay. Yeah. And those private schools, why are they private? Do they have a different educational like um, vision that they that they implement or um, like are they can they do they have different policies or educational methods than the other schools, the municipality schools? Um so when this reform was initiated in the 90s uh, to to you know expand the free school and the free free choice system yeah. that we have in Sweden, um, the arguments for doing so was that okay we want the possibility for for uh, people like teachers, principals, other educational people uh, who have ideas about education and how to run education uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so that was the motive behind it. Um, to create this alternative uh, learning, um, you know, yeah, schools, alternative yeah. uh, schools with alternative methods. Yeah. Uh, always required to follow the curriculum, but you know, uh, it, it can still be can still be different. Yeah. And what what's happened since then? You know, in the beginning, there were lots of these schools who who popped up, but what's happened and is still happening since then is that um, there has instead like like most of the the private school um, sector in Sweden is uh, consisting of two or three big uh, school concerns. Okay. So large companies which have owners who are you know venture capitalists living in other countries, for example, who own schools to make money. You know mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, and and these have mostly crowded out other schools. Uh, which have the idea uh, as a basis. Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. seems like a pretty maybe dangerous isn't a good word, but it, it looks like a pretty dangerous development. I would have to say. I think so, but but uh, you know here is a big political divide in Sweden regarding yeah. regarding this. You know, so right now, and, and I'm on the critical side, you know, on my, my political party. We didn't say that before, but I'm, I'm a member of the left party in Sweden. Yes. That could be yeah. good to say for disclosure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our big critique is that, okay, we have a system where these schools expand, and they expand because they want to make uh, money, mm-hmm. to make a profit. And how do they make a profit? Uh, since all schools, as I mentioned before, are uh, financed by taxpayer money by the, the municipal budgets yeah some government budgets too uh, like grants and, and things like that but but mostly uh, municipal budgets and uh, municipal taxpayers money um, and the large cost in education is is staff you know teachers principals mostly teachers yeah um, so how do these uh, companies which they are 
like these company schools make money. They keep uh, teacher uh, teacher student ratio at the low level. Mm-hmm. They employ um, uh, maybe uh, foreign teachers with uh, and um, to to a larger extent than yeah. than Swedish schools, uh, which have less these individuals have less knowledge about their rights in the Swedish you know, uh, job market mm-hmm. uh, and, and also uh, uh, salary-wise. They, they can keep the salaries lower okay. uh, because of this. Uh, so, uh, and also they can, you know, save money on, for example, school material, books, yeah. um, other, 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 other material, yeah. material to create a profit at the end. And so, the, so our big critique and, and a growing uh, critique in society in general among teachers, uh, also among teachers unions, of course, uh, and uh, educationalists um, uh, in Sweden is that, okay, so n- now as the system is now, some of the money that should be allocated to students, to more teachers, to uh, better school material, other things related to education, is instead, you know, taken uh, from the owners of these schools for yeah. private profits, yeah. uh, and you know, to me, it's 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 easy that it's an easy principle that money assigned or designated to children and their education should be brought back to them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But then, you know, on the other hand, um, I mean, on the 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 counter argument from the from the. From the people who are supporting and, and defending the system is that well then what would happen to um, to uh, the the right to choose school you know mm-hmm. so then maybe if if we impose a restriction on how much these companies or or if these companies can can you know withdraw money as profit then what would happen to the students in these schools if they would shut them down yeah um, and I think that's you know it's a valid question but I mean. To me, it's quite you know it's maybe maybe the choices would be would be would be a bit more limited than today, but I don't think it would affect the people that badly mm-hmm. because you know these these companies still have the school buildings. There are teachers employed in the buildings. There are material in the buildings. So if these companies are there for profits say, okay, we don't want to do this anymore because we cannot make profits anymore. Yeah. We still have the buildings, the teachers, the material. Yeah. Then the municipal schools, for example, uh, or an idea-driven actor, mm-hmm. uh, which are not there for profits, but for, for an, an alternative pedagogical idea, yeah. could still you know, take over or buy the building yeah. and continue the, the, the work there. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah, it seems crazy that it came this far in the first place. Mm. Is that what we call maybe economization of education, or the is it influences of I don't know marketization of the whole of whole society? I think it's yeah. I think that's the reason. Uh, it's an influ- influence of the marketization of, of society in general. Yeah. and you know this 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 system is quite unique. You know. Uh, right now, Sweden is the only country in the world to have this kind of system where, yeah. where this is possible. You know, uh, in other countries, maybe maybe the private schools you have to pay to like as a family mm-hmm. to attend them, uh, and uh, and then they're making profits. But but to have this, you know, municipal financed 
uh, schools and how we profit. It, it, it's quite, it quite, it's quite strange and it's it's unique. Yeah. You know, Chile used to have a, a similar system, but they abandoned it uh, a few years ago because okay. it's not good. Uh, and no so there has, is hope. <laughs> there, there is hope. There is hope. But you know, it's um, yeah. The the debate about it is kind of, I don't know. It, it's 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 kind of. I mean, so if if you if you're a parent and uh, the politicians defending this system are saying, if we change it, uh, we will your 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 right to choose and your 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 freedom of of choose will be uh, in infringed. Yeah. 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 Uh, then you know, of course, people get get a bit, uh, maybe not scared, but a bit like, oh, I don't want. I don't want this right to be yeah. taken away from yeah, me. Exactly. Uh, why shouldn't I be able to choose schools? Yeah. So if you have that argument, of course there are some people that just kind of say, "Well, I want to choose for my kid," um, but like to me, the you, you shouldn't really even be uh, needing to have these thoughts yeah. uh, about which school you you should choose for your kids. Yeah. And why is that? Because. To me, it's natural that all schools in society, no matter which school it is, should be a good school. Yeah. Right. They should so, use so then, all their profits effectively in the most efficient way. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Interesting. And that is one very economic side about mm. how politics influence education. Mm. And there's also the side, of course, that politics have their, or, or like politicians and, and political parties and the government essentially they have their vision on what we should teach children yeah. yeah and that is also something entirely different because that's also an influence that's coming from above kind mm. of and um, what, what do you think about that so I think um, education can be the I mean it's all it's it's a good thing you know but if it's if it's misused by the by the government, it can also be a terrible thing. Yeah, you know. So if we look at the Swedish curricula, it it emphasizes, like except ex the explicit you know learning goals for each subject and things like that. But there there is also a section in the beginning about norms and values that the, the pupils should attain throughout their education. Mm -hmm. And right now these values are about. Uh, Openness, uh, respect of diversity, uh, non-discrimination based on religion or uh, sexual sexual orientation or gender or these other uh, discrimin discriminatory uh, issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. For example, th these kinds of values. But since the curricula is decided by the government, not the parliament, but the government which could be, you know, a few, a few parties. Yeah. Uh, and that's the case in, in many countries that yeah. it's decided there. Um, uh, then, of course, if, if it's another uh, government that instead wants to focus on, you know, uh, for example, let's say it's, an, it's, an, uh, it's a nat nationalistic government, mm -hmm. for example, which wants to focus on, you know, not respecting diversity, but rather focusing on perhaps the Swedish identity or the Swedish yeah. heritage. Promoting Sweden. Yeah, promoting, yeah. promoting Sweden and, and Swedishness. And maybe maybe they are against, you know, um, different sexual orientations. Mm -hmm. uh, then maybe 
uh, it doesn't include things that 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 says that you should be open or and respect these people, but rather uh, uh, kids should should learn to 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 live in traditional family settings. You know, yeah, I don't know, but then you know, if these norms and values change, which they can do, yeah. and then this gets effect uh, through the education system I think it, it's it's bad for these people who are outside of these normative groups mm-hmm. so if we take this fic- dictionary case example everyone who, who lives in Sweden but aren't don't have a Swedish background or a Swedish heritage and everyone who lives in Sweden and, and aren't uh, identifying as a heterosexual person for example um, it's gonna it's gonna impact these people in in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. So when education is used uh, for uh, for these kinds of issues, it, I I believe it's it, it could be a, a a bad weapon. And I think we see that now. Now I'm talking outside my area of expertise, so to mm-hmm. say. But I think that in in some dictatorship countries and also in uh, uh, where, where, for example, uh, extremist religious groups uh, control certain areas or entire countries. Yeah, this is true. Then maybe kids are, are taught to to believe so strongly in one one religion or, or one Absolutely. way of being, and saying that everyone who doesn't believe in this aren't you know they, they shouldn't they aren't deserved of living. Yeah. for example. Yeah. and if kids get get uh, taught this. Uh, all day for you. I don't know five, six, uh, um, not five, but but ten, fifteen years yeah. that you are in school. Yeah, it becomes a reality. It becomes a reality, and then they act upon that reality, yeah, which course. is harmful to everyone else. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then essentially, like it's 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 not their fault. We cannot like say no. it's their fault because that's the way that they believe in things, and yeah. for them, that's the the way that they've been taught their yeah. whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. So you can say that people get indoctrinated by yeah. education, and you know they can they can be indoctrinated in good values or what what I and most people yeah. think are good values, or they can be indoctrinated in in, in bad values that yeah. lead to you know harmful consequences yeah. to others. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think it's like it's such a yeah politics have have a lot of power uh, in, in this, but. You know, a support here is that we do have the the international conventions that most countries have signed or agreed upon yeah. uh, regarding the human rights, uh, regarding the rights of the child, for example, and other international declarations, uh, and also some systems uh, like like punishment systems or um, uh, in in the international community if yeah. you don't follow the, these things. Yeah, committees and inspectorates more. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so we have that as a backup, but uh, these these international tools can sometimes be a bit um, not as um, sharp or um, forceful as one might would wish. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, which allows you know for this to continue in some countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that we've spoken a lot about how education influence or how politics influence education, yeah. and we've seen that. Well, it goes from a municipality to the international international arena, and eventually it comes back to all of us, and uh, how political power can be used in a good way 
or misused, unfortunately. And I think that that is something that we can think about like together in, in this master's program, but also outside of this master's program and a way in which we can view uh, politics. So thank you so, so much for today, Daniel. I don't know if there's anything that you want to say still or that you want to give as a takeaway message. A takeaway message. Well, um, yeah, maybe maybe I have one takeaway message. Okay, then. go for it. Uh, it's so if you think education is important and should be this facilitator for freedom among people and for uh, you know the the right of all to learn, uh, get engaged in politics. <laughs> Try to affect it. You know, maybe you'd. you'd I think most people would be a, become a good politician if they have the 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 right good democratic uh, empathetic uh, uh, values. Uh, so so go for it or try to affect your local politician in in certain ways in in uh, uh, going towards this development because you know I I began by explaining how I got into politics yeah and it's because I want to dedicate my life to try to make it better for for others. And but but you know I can't do that alone. The the change comes in the power of numbers, and the more people who are engaged in trying to achieve change uh, in education, uh, the more likely we are that it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so get engaged in politics or try to affect it as best as you can. That is a great roundup, I have to say. <laughs> thank you so much again, and also thank you on the other side of the screen for listening to today's episode. See you next time. Bye.